Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much, The Remnant, for tuning in. We've got a special guest for you today. I hope you're strapped in. I hope you have your uh, seatbelt on. You haven't had too much caffeine, and you are ready for today's podcast. Before I get to the guest and open up the, the show today, uh, we just finished our Q-Drive fundraiser for three days. As most of you know, if you tuned into the podcast yesterday, we were yakking about all kinds of things. But um, I want to thank everyone who's been praying for this ministry and also who, to those who have pledged their support. Uh, we went over 90% of our goal, which is an amazing in a, a COVID season here in America in this year of 2020. It's amazing how uh, people stepped up and gave. I also want to thank, we've got... 33 different states in the country listening or supporting financially Stand Up For The Truth and Q90FM. So we're so blessed. I've got a list of 33 different states. Uh, So thank you. We're blessed to be able to broadcast online at Q90FM.com. Let's open this up as we always do. God, we need your help. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would strengthen our hearts today and prepare us for whatever you would have for us And I ask, Lord, that you would get us focused back on our purpose and mission, and that is to speak the truth in love and to share the gospel, and also to stand up for truth, to stand against evil and even expose evil, but also, Lord, to shine light in the darkness. We pray that you would give us wisdom today and every day how to do that. Help us never be too busy when you want to interrupt our lives with your will, with sending someone along our path. And Lord, one person at a time, one post at a time, one conversation or email at a time, help us to lead others to you and to reason from the scriptures, get people back to the Bible, especially professing Christians that have lost their way and have gone down the wrong path. Too many apostates, Lord, give us wisdom, God. Help us to examine our own faith and help us to do the work that you've called us to do without apology or compromise. No fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to read a quick scripture from Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 11. Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. What are these deeds of darkness? Well, angry mobs of anarchists, progressives, and socialists are raging in our streets, bringing violence and destruction to neighborhoods that were once safe and peaceful. Now, among these rioters and looters, there are some naive people who were easy targets for leftist recruiters. Who are these mobsters? Who are these anarchists? Why have they abandoned democracy, capitalism, and truth? How could they be unleashed after the presidential election next week? Well, today's guest, Dr. Jake Jacobs, he's a historian, speaker, teacher, and founder of Politically Correct Institution. He's the author of Mobocracy, the Cultural and Political War to Destroy Our Republic Under God. He's also the author of Mother, Should I Trust the Government? The Making and Keeping of Our American Republic. He has degrees in American history and biblical and Judeo-Christian studies from Arizona State University. Ashland Theological Seminary and Northwest University. Dr. Jacobs has spent more than 30 years teaching at public school and private high schools and at the college level in the face of politically correct intimidation by the academic establishment. Jake Jacobs lives in Wisconsin with his wife of 32 years, Lori. He has two children. They have two children, Joseph and Anastasia. He's the author of the brand new book, and this is why we've got him in today to talk about this. It's called Mob Rule. Mob Rule. It's a brand new release from Dr. Jake Jacobs. Jake, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning. Let's start with a little bit of your history. Uh, We're so thankful to to get you on to talk about this timely and important book. It's on Amazon. It's doing very, very well. Congratulations. Um, You stood up for Governor Scott Walker 10 years ago, 
But even before that, I met you, I don't remember, about 15-plus years ago at, uh, I think it was Lemstone Christian Store. You were doing a book signing for one of your other books, um, and I don't remember the title of that one because I didn't write it down. Um, God, the Gospel, and Government, is that right? Yes, that's exactly right. That uh, was a book signing, and you and I connected. We actually came to find out that we had uh, UP roots. My father uh, was, uh, my father and mother were from the UP. My dad was a graduate of Iron Mountain High School. I think you're from Kingsford, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay, yes. so the UPers, we got to hang together there, don't you know, Derek? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the, to the UP, eh? All right. <laughs> So, so seriously, in my office right now, I have a shadow box of my dad mm-hmm. from when he fought against the Japanese in World War II. He was 17 years old when he graduated from Iron Mountain High School to fight the Japanese. And here's my point bringing that wow. up. Is there was a worldview war going on then with the, with the evil elements of National Socialism and Imperial Japan. We're in a very comparable situation today when it comes mm. to the, when it comes to the worldview battle that we're in. Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this. You said very comparable. This was back in, what what, what year was that? What decade was that? Well, we're talking, uh, you know, 1943. We're talking, you know, my, my papa was 17 years old. Wow. And he gave three years of his life, as many of, you know, I'm a baby boomer, so that World War II generation, think of how many millions of young men were willing to either fight against the Nazis, the National Socialists, or the Imperial Japanese. And they understood they did not even hesitate what what evil was before them? That's right. This evil is is of a similar nature, but it's a it's a very insidious Trojan horse within the culture, the classrooms, the churches, uh, and within, of course, our halls of Congress and things related. So there are some comparable aspects to the you know the evil nature of this enemy. Before we get into your book, Mob Rule, um, how do you think your father? And my father, you don't know him, but I, he, I'm sure he comes from the same. He was in the war as well. How do you think our fathers would react to what's happening in our country today when it comes to the Constitution, the freedoms being threatened, and everything that's going on today? You know, I think they would be absolutely dumbfounded to see what they're seeing, to see such a profound anti-Americanism. Uh, such a profound, unconstitutional reaction by these really radical groups, groups that are really hell-bent to destroy our heavenly roots. Remember, this nation was predicated upon a belief that our life and liberty comes from our Creator, who in the Declaration is called the Supreme Judge of the World. We have really erased, these hardcore leftists have erased this belief in our Creator Mm. and the source of our life and our liberty. And I think Knowing my father, knowing that generation, they would just be um, taken aside by unbelievable to, to see what's happening in the culture and the deterioration of this love for our nation. I mean, when you think of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima, uh, those six men that raised that flag, three of those boys never came home. They never came home alive to their mm. mothers, to their to their family. And the sacrifice, it's, it was the ultimate sacrifice. And today, our, our youth, our young from the millennials to the Zoomer generation, Generation Z, this stuff is not being taught in our classrooms much anymore. Mm -hmm. They are in my classroom, but for the most part, this stuff has been neglected. We're teaching a very bad and ugly American history, and we're forgetting the good and the glorious when it comes to our nation, our republic under God. And I know we'll get to more of that, because it seems like out on our streets, if you're between the ages of, let's just say, 18 and 25, you probably have a disdain for America, and you're probably out there because you're, you're believing that America is evil, it's bad, it's got to be you know, destroyed and rebuilt or whatever. So you were in the public high school system. You, you've taught for years. What have you seen? I mean, you're able to apparently teach some true history. Not all teachers have the guts to do that, and I know you've taken a lot of flack for that, but how have you seen the high school or the public education system changed in the years that you've been a teacher? First time I ever stepped into a classroom was 1978 in Tempe, Arizona, when I was going to school at Arizona State. And there was political correctness back then. I don't know if we called it that. I don't recall. But you could see it then. It Mm. wasn't nearly as bad as it was today. 
But I could see when I got full time into the classroom in the 80s, I was amazed. I was flabbergasted at the, the rewriting of America's history, uh, the emphasis on the bad and ugly. Uh, I, I think as many of your listeners might know, uh, the number one historian, number sold book in American history is called The People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. Mm-hmm. He died about 10 years ago, but Howard Zinn was a self-proclaimed Marxist. And his narrative, his uh, bad and ugly narrative, uh, literally sold millions and millions of textbooks in our uh, junior highs, high schools, and colleges. And became there's even a, a Howard Zinn project, education project, where their curriculum is disseminated throughout the country. And so my point is that seeing this back in the 80s, I could see they were uh, de-Christianizing American textbooks. Mm. They were uh, hyper-emphasizing the bad and the ugly. I always use the Clint Eastwood line, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I say to my students, like any nation, we're not perfect. We have bad and ugly. But we have many good and glorious things that make this the greatest republic in the history of the world, a republic under God, by the way, in the history of the world. And sadly, remember it was uh, Todd Gitlin, head of the, the, the Marxist Students for a Democratic Society, who said, we lost the politics of the 60s, meaning Reagan became governor of California, Nixon became president. He said, but we won the textbooks. Hmm. That's a profound statement. He said, we won the textbooks. And I saw that in the 80s. When I saw how they had had taken out, had expunged Christianity, the Christian heritage of our nation, had expunged many of the good things of our nation, and had been teaching this negative narrative, and now you get to the point, no wonder millennials are attracted to Marxism, socialism, uh, Bernie Sanders, and, and the Green New Deal with this explosive federal government central control. Uh, these young people have not been taught properly the limited government constitutional federal limited government uh you know uh, history that is so important because remember reagan always said we're, we're only one generation away from losing our freedoms and, and george right. washington himself always warned us as we must teach our youth republican meaning uh, a small r republican the idea of republican philosophy of limited government um, and and, and the, the Bill of Rights and things related. He says we must teach our youth that. And these socialists, these hardcore progressives, they have destroyed much of the proper teaching in our nation. Yes, they have. They've hijacked the education system. Give me a quick question. I always go on record to say I, I know there are individuals that need to be saved, meaning they need to hear the gospel. They need to change their worldview in the education system, but I do not believe overall that the education system as a whole is redeemable. My parents were teachers, my sisters, my uncle, a cousin. What do you think, Jake? Is that too much of a blanket statement that the education system in America cannot be redeemed? You know, uh, Ronald Reagan, as many of you know, was one of my heroes. I speak at the Reagan Ranch on his life. Uh, I was able to meet him in the 90s. He was an amazing, eternal optimist. He always felt our best days were ahead. I hate to admit it, but the education, when it comes to the government schools, public schools, I don't know if, if there's any way we can change it. I don't know if they can be redeemed. I think it is so entrenched now with a hyper-political correctness, with a hyper-multiculturalism, with an anti-Christian, anti-libertarian, anti-conservative, anti-traditional values worldview. Um, I, look, at when I was teaching in the public schools, I, I was in the principal's office more often than the kids because I was always I was always getting in trouble for teaching these things. I mean, literally, I would be teaching the I would might quote Harry S. Truman who says, "We believe that all men are created equal because man is made in the image of God." And I would say to the kids, "Well, where does this image of God come from?" And I'd say, "The Book of Genesis, chapter one." Or uh, Robert F. Kennedy, uh, not Robert F. Kennedy, excuse me, John Kennedy, when he said, "The rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God." God. Mm. And I would use, in many cases, by the way, Democrats, because my bosses were Democrats, and I would always get in trouble when they'd find out that I was using American Christian history wow. to actually teach my students. And I had a big, thick file because they were watching. They even told me the first book I wrote called God's Law and Gospel, the Biblical Worldview, the Founding Fathers, I was warned that I should not have written the book and I shouldn't be doing that again, literally wow. taken aside and chastised for that. Wow. And I told them, this is America. This is not this. This was back before the Cold War, uh, <laughs> when the Iron Curtain came down, I mean. And I said, I will not be stopped. God, well, I have my God-given right, freedom to be able to express the historical reality and truth of this nation's founding. 
So there's intimidation. There's profound intimidation. Yes. These young kids coming out of college, I, I, I really feel for them because they've already been indoctrinated at the college level, and then they get re, 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 reiterated with indoctrination by the union mm-hmm. and by colleagues. And before you know it, all they are is a bunch of robots regurgitating the party line. And so, and according to them, there's one party, one viewpoint, and that's what they're getting. Hardcore leftism reigns in the classroom. Yes, absolutely. Dr. Jake Jacobs is with us today. The book is called Mob Rule, subtitle, Unmasking the Radical Leftists at Our Doorsteps. And, Jake, one more question before we get into the nuts and bolts of your book. Um, 2010, you were interviewed on Fox News. You were a high school teacher at the time. I believe, and teachers' unions were protesting Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. They were they even had uh, sign-up tables for the Socialist Party of America at the state capitol, Madison, Wisconsin. What made you stand alone, pretty much, at the state capitol and defend Scott Walker at that time? You know, I knew better. I should have known better because I had realized when I first, when I was working in a right-to-work state in Arizona, and then I moved here. My wife and I decided to raise our family back here in Wisconsin, the great state of Wisconsin. Um, so I should have known better, but I ended up going to social studies conventions, and I saw even then the socialism and the advocacy of Howard Zinn's works and other left-wing works, and I realized then something quite bad was was happening in education. But when I went down to the Capitol to defend Governor Walker and I saw all these socialist, hyper-progressive, uh, Marxist organizations selling uh, communist manifestos, selling a lot of left-wing, and Saul Alinsky's works, that's when, it, that's when I said, I have got to get this work out here to let people see what is actually the nefarious nature of what's going after a governor who simply wants to balance our budget. That's when I realized that even the teachers union was in on this gig Mm. and it was evil and it was wrong. And I was attacked as a Nazi, as a fascist all throughout the Capitol. And then when you went into the Capitol and saw what they did to our beautiful Capitol and they were screaming and hollering that he was Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini and I'm like, are you kidding? I go up to teachers and say, are you kidding me? Have you, do you really know what the Holocaust is about? This is not genocide. This is not Adolf Hitler. And they would, they would of course, you, you saw the pictures of, of Governor yeah. Walker made up as, as Adolf Hitler. It's no different now. You know, Trump is called, you know, this is reductio ad Hitler all over again. It's the worst argument out there. Your enemy, because, because he's pro-life, he's, he's Hitlerian. Because he's for legal immigration, he's Hitlerian. You know, for a thousand different values that because we're for the life of the baby in the womb of the mother, somehow we're a fascist or a Nazi. Hmm. And this is what they've been doing, in yep. fact, going back to the 1960s. It's very fashionable to call us fascists if we believe in the Judeo-Christian worldview. So now we've got two minutes left before we have to take our first break. Dr. Jake Jacobs, you wrote a book 10 years ago, uh, more or less, called Mobocracy. What compelled you to write your new book this year, Mob Rule, and what are the major differences between the two books? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, I was in Arizona on a vacation in June dealing, dealing with the COVID stuff, and uh, we got to Scottsdale. My wife and I lived in Arizona for many, many years. She was a little worried, concerned about maybe there being riots because of the George Floyd situation. Mm-hmm. And I said, don't worry, it'll be fine. We're going to be in Scottsdale. And when we got there, there were helicopters all around. The governor had called a curfew. And Black Lives Matter and Antifa had attacked a number of buildings in Scottsdale. Scottsdale? They were going to bring in Scottsdale, of all places, they were going to bring the days of rage into the white suburbs. And wow. that's when I realized this has gone beyond even what I saw 10 years earlier with mobocracy. This is to the tipping point now where if this continues at the rate it's going, we're going to have some serious problems. And God forbid if Joe Biden gets in, he's going to be a puppet used by these organizations out there. There's no doubt in my mind with the billions of dollars pumped into these organizations, we're going to have some serious problems if we don't wake up to this enemy. All right, we've got to take a break, our first break today. We're with Dr. Jake Jacobs. The book is called Mob Rule. It's doing amazingly well already, just out uh, less than a month on Amazon. Um, Introduction, The Road to Hell is Paid with Good Intentions. couple chapter titles, Leftism, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter and Marxism. Uncle Tom, Lies, Damned Lies, and Statistics. 
Chapter 4, Socialism, Symbolism, and Statues. I want to get to definitely Chapter 5, talking about Frederick Douglass. A lot more with Jake Jacobs when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Mob Rule is the book. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Dr. Jake Jacobs. The book is called Mob Rule. And Jake, you write about Sleepy Joe Biden in Chapter 2, who once said Antifa is just an idea. Um, what planet is he living on? And, and, and what did you write about Sleepy Joe and his un- lack of understanding about what Antifa is? Well, it's really it's indicative of the left. And I know, you know, people will say, well, you know, he's uh, he's a, a good moderate Democrat and he's not associated <laughs> with any of these organizations. Look, the fact of the matter is, Joe, he recognizes and realizes that the party is the the Democratic Party is not the party of my parents. My my mother and father were Democrats. My grandparents in the UP were all Democrats. FDR cried, died in in my pip air from Escanaba, Bark River area. He he got off his tractor and cried. My whole point in saying this is that there there used to be warrior Democrats who fought against the Nazis and hated uh, communism, et cetera. That is no more. That party has been taken over by the hardcore left. And, and Joe Biden doesn't have a clue when it comes to the true nature of Antifa. They're using they think they're going to use Antifa or BLM to, to their advantage in the end. They're going to be used by them and eaten up like Saturn eating its own children. We've seen that all throughout the course when it comes to Marxism or communism mm-hmm. from the French Revolution all the way to the Russian Revolution to the Cuban Revolution. They eat their own. They kill their own. They abuse their own. They'll, I'll tell you what, the, 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 liberal, the so-called liberal Democrats of today, they could care less about protecting them. They will use them and abuse them. All, the bottom line, this is about power, power, power. Jake, help us understand how someone can see what's happening out there on our streets. You have to have your head in the sand to not know that young people are already being sold on socialism, the millennials and and younger. And now we're seeing this defunding of police even suggested as something that they're going to try to do. Um, For your average person, you just said something. Explain how there are people out there that actually believe they can elect a Kamala Harris as president, which will happen if Joe Biden gets elected. And the socialists, you know, they, we got Pelosi and Schumer and AOC and the squad and and Bernie Sanders. That's the party that would be running our government. And yet they think that they will be OK and it won't affect them personally. Please explain how someone can believe that. <laughs> you're, you're asking. You're asking me to get into a, to me, uh, into a worldview mindset that is inexplicable. Yep. It really is inexplicable because when you, when you deal with it, with the the nature of these organizations, I mean, literally, I don't think people realize how much money has been pumped into Antifa and the Black Lives Matter. And it's a channel that funneled many, many cases through the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. and how um, these are, they're, they're working together in tandem and, Ultimately, really, what it boils down to is unconstitutional, anti-republic desire for power, power, and more power. And this is the the part that really, really concerns me. Uh, It may not happen within a matter of a couple of weeks, but within a couple of months, and God forbid if we lost the Senate also, where now they have carte blanche to do what they want to do, whether it be the expansion of the Senate, whether it be the, the total disregard for the filibuster, whether it be the destruction of the Electoral College, whether it be the explosion of the Green New Deal, whether it be the pumping in uh, millions and trillions, potentially of dollars into Planned Parenthood, whether it be more critical race theory pumped into the federal government. I mean, this is a multifaceted, multi-layered, centralized government attempt to restructure, recreate, transform our, our limited, our theoretically limited government, federal government that we have. This is, this is what we're dealing with. Progressivism, uh, you know, aligning itself with socialism and cultural Marxism, uh, which is deteriorating the, the very structure of this, our society. 
Yeah, if you give to Black Lives Matter, by the way, I'll, most of it will go to radical leftist causes. It goes to the Democrat Party. In fact, um, Biden for president. I just went over to OpenSecrets.org because if you click on Black Lives Matter, donate, it'll take you right. to Act Blue. Act Blue is a radical lefty site that helps the people on the Internet raise money for globalism, socialism, for the left, for the Democrats. Biden for president has made $15 million from these donations that go to Act Blue from Black Lives Matter. Bernie Sanders, $5 million. Um, and it goes on down the list. So these pe- most people, they, they want to help the black communities. We all want to help the black communities, those who are truly suffering. And President Trump's economic policies have done the most for the black community in decades. And here we've got people thinking, okay, well, let's give to this radical cause because Black Lives Matter is a global network. Um, You write about Marxism and the founders of Black Lives Matter who said we are trained Marxists. And you write about uh, in in the first couple chapters in your book, could you please give a few bullet points just to, to wet people's whistles about the information that they need to know about Black Lives Matter and their roots. Well, look, the the cousin to Black Lives Matter is Antifa. And this is something that you would think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and and many other Democrats would have repudiated immediately. That's right. Immediately. But Antifa's roots go back to Weimar Germany in the 1930s. They were Marxists. They were Stalinists. The founder, Ernst Tolman, was an actual friend of Joseph Stalin, and he was a Stalinist. And here were the Marxists of Germany trying to take over, destroy Weimar democracy. And then, of course, they were in the streets of Germany doing their uh, horrible thing, and there were the National Socialists or the Nazis. So you had two evil philosophies fighting each other. Long story short, the Nazis win out in the end. We know that horrid story. But here's the point. Antifa's roots are Stalinistic, Maoistic communistic which is atheistic which is anti-christian and it really it's very hell-bent to destroy our like i said earlier our heavenly values which recognize that life and liberty come from god almighty now black lives matter you know what had happened in the interview with a guy by the name of dr ball he's a marxist professor out of morgan state in baltimore he was giving an interview with patrice colors one of the co-founders of black lives matter Mm -hmm. and he says to her he goes look uh, Jalil Abdul Mantahim, who was in prison for killing New York policemen for like 40 years, yep. he says to Dr. Ball, ask her what their ideological direction is. Do they have an ideological structure or framework? And she says, we do. We're trained Marxists. And if you study the leaders, it could be the, the Black Lives Matter leader of Los Angeles, Mal- Malina Abdullah, or uh, uh, she's a professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, and Anthony Radcliffe. He's Antifa. She's Black Lives Matter. They work in tandem with each other when they go into the Fairfax district uh, near Beverly Hills of L.A., and they're, they're saying F Israel and uh, destroy white capitalism and genocide and, and attacking synagogues and saying they're for the nation of Islam and they're tearing down statues of righteous Gentiles like Raoul Wallenberg who saved 100,000 Hungarian Jews. This what drives me crazy is when you study these guys and they're, they're riding in the white suburbs or the Jewish suburbs, they have an agenda. Mm. They want to bring in their thinking pain into that part of the country, which means they will attack in urban centers across the country. It's why when they hit Scottsdale, I, I said to my wife, this book has got to be written. People <laughs> need to be aware of the, of the nefarious nature of this. This has gone beyond inner city troubles. Yes. They want, they want to bring the days of rage across the country. And by the way, they are being uh, – literally, Bank of America gave BLM $1 billion. Oh, my goodness. Many of these corporations, many corporations, have given hundreds of thousands of millions, if not billions of dollars to BLM and, and, and organiz- uh, people like George Soros and many others who are behind that's why i mean you see the u-hauls pulling out all their equipment yep. antifa and blm get ready to do their writing don't kid yourself they're they're ready to start doing that 11 3 11 4 11 5 once president trump gets reelected. Yep. and oh if biden goodness. gets reelected, the same thing will happen but it'll be really intensified if president trump gets in wow. because he he stands for something they despise he stands for love of america love of our republic limited government he stands for life he stands for so many things that they despise and detest. That's right. We are with Dr. Jake Jacobs, the phenomenal book, brand new. It's called Mob Rule, 
perfect timing for this book to come out. But you mentioned Days of Rage a few times. Could you explain what that is and the history behind that saying? Yeah, Days of Rage, we go back to the 1960s. Remember, a lot of Marxists, I don't want to get too technical, but ultimately, uh, about 100 years ago, there were some really smart Marxists who said, well, this, this Marxist stuff isn't going to work with guns, the barrel of a gun. We've got to get them in the culture. We've got to get them in the institutions, what was called the, the long march of the institutions. So that's when they decided to start going into the classroom, go into the culture, and even infiltrate churches mm-hmm. and use language of justice and social justice to be able to dupe and fool the congregants or dupe and fool the cultural advocates. You get into Hollywood, you get, you get into the various cultural aspects that are out there. And so this, this became, you started taking over uh, university professors, started teaching this stuff. And, of course, people like Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, the non-friend friends of Barack Obama, right? Yes. And Saul Alinskyite. These individuals were actually in the classrooms teaching this cultural Marxism or neo-Marxism or identity Marxism in the 60s. And they said, we're going to take the revolution into the streets. And they called it the Days of Rage. It started in 68 in Chicago, and wow. you saw it manifested in 1969. So today is a, is a more, even more clever manifestation of the Days of Rage from the 60s. Wow. Thank you for that explanation. Um, by the way, 10 years ago, um, in a couple weeks, it'll be 10 years exactly that Stand Up for the Truth got on the air. And it was because of leftist and s- former Democrat Socialist of America, Jim Wallace, and his promotion oh, of yes. leftist politics and social justice. That's why Stand Up for the Truth started when we realized, wow, Christians are falling for this. Jake, Israel is a huge topic that sh- we should all be concerned about, our greatest ally in supporting Israel what is the relationship between the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter, their leadership, and Israel? You know, the grandmother of Black Lives Matter, the hero of Black Lives Matter is Angela Davis, the Marxist communist uh, member of uh, uh, Black Panther's organization. Remember, they thought yeah. she had the weapons that killed some policemen and uh, she was acquitted. But long story short, she ends up uh, becoming a uh, uh, she runs for the vice president of the Communist Party USA, 1980-1984. She's a professor out in California. Uh, hates capitalism, but becomes a multimillionaire in a capitalistic system, which is typical of most of these hardcore leftists, right? And if you, when they took over Seattle, you saw posters of Angela Davis, the grandmother of, of Black Lives Matter, all throughout the city, uh, all throughout Portland. A lot of your Black Lives Matter rioting and protests, you'll see Angela Davis. Here's a self-professing Marxist uh, professor yes. um, who, ultimately, who ultimately are calling for the destruction of our system of government. And a lot of their heroes, people don't realize Asata Sakur, who is hiding from justice in America down in Cuba, is another hero of Black Lives Matter. Well, here's the point. Whether it be the Black Liberation Army or the Black Panthers, they have a profound anti-Israel, anti-Judeo-Christian worldview. They have an affinity towards the nation of Islam. Mm, They have an affinity towards very atheistic groups. But when Angela Davis was speaking in Appleton, Wisconsin, she talked about trans lives mattering, queer lives mattering, and all the various lives from LGBT community, etc. She very conveniently ignored saying white lives matter or Jewish lives matter. The reason that was is because their worldview is very anti-Israel, because anti-Israel is the foundation of a hatred towards Christianity. Mm -hmm. The mother of Christianity, of course, is Judaism, is Israel. The land of Israel is the land of our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of the apostles, of the Hebrew prophets. And therefore, it's very natural for these atheistic, hardcore organizations to despise Israel. This is why they hated President Trump for moving our embassy from Tel Aviv (laughs) to Jerusalem. All the talk by all the so-called, you know, by Republicans and Democrats that were going to move it, and Trump did it. He's a man of action. You have to look. You may have a problem with his tweets once in a while, and (laughs) I have to admit the guy's got an ego the size of the Golden Gate Bridge, but the man, (laughs) but the man, but the man has the policies. You have to look at the policies behind what he's, he's, he's standing for. And that's why it's so important for us to recognize that and realize that. Yes, policies, procedures, and platform, not personality. Uh, Jake, one more question before we take another break here. Uh, a new shocking poll 
came out with black support for President Trump now at 31 percent, historic for a Republican uh, presidential candidate. Now, in Chapter 3 of your book, it's called Uncle Tom, Lies, Damned Lies, and Statistics. Uh, can you give allow us a little bit of insight into why more blacks would now be supporting Trump, and maybe does that have anything to do with Chapter 3 in your book about Uncle Tom? Uh, well, you know, Uncle Tom, as you know from history, was the number one selling book outside of the Bible before the Civil War. It was a story about the horrors of slavery. The character Uncle Tom within the book was actually a, a true escaped slave by the name of Joshua Henson, was a good man. Hmm. But Uncle Tom eventually became a derisive term that was used against blacks. Yep who didn't think democratic, who didn't think in terms of left-wingism. So if you have a Shelby Steele or a Carol Swan or a Thomas Sowell or an Alan West or an Alan Keyes or Larry Elder or Candace Owen, David Clark, Elvita King, you could, Derek, you, could, you could star Parker, Condoleezza Rice, they're attacked as an Uncle Tom. But the, 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 the irony of this is Uncle Tom in the book was a real good man. He was a Christian, a Christ-loving man who was killed, by the way, by, his, by the horrible slave owner in the book. Uh, and so we live in a day and age right now where I think a lot of blacks have come to black Americans have come to realize the lies and the twisting of stats and the damn lies that are out there that have been using blacks to vote. Remember when Joe Biden said, if you're not Democratic, you, ain't, you don't vote Democratic, you're not black. Yes. <laughs> what, what a profound, ugly and racist yep. statement for him to make. Yes. It, it's unconscionable. It, it's it, it's an insult to any clear thinking American that somehow we have to vote the party line. That kind of stuff was was taught in the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany, this kind of ein Partei thinking. And so this is something there's a lot. There are millions of more independent thinking uh, American black Americans who are saying no longer are we going to kowtow to this where we just uh, go by the so-called party line. I think they recognize when President Trump uh, came in and uh, black unemployment went uh, all historical, broke historical records, they recognized there was proof in the pudding. That's why I think we're going to have historic figures that are going to go back probably 40, 50 years, maybe back to the time period of Eisenhower with blacks voting for President Trump. We will find out in a matter of days. Our guest today is Dr. Jake Jacobs. The brand new book is called Mob Rule. You can get it on Amazon. And we've got the link in today's podcast blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about socialism, symbolism, and statues. Also, Frederick Douglass' 4th of July speech and the 1619 Project. What's dangerous about that? More with Jake Jacobs coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Dr. Jake Jacobs, and the book is called Mob Rule. Before we get back into some of your chapters and some of your bullet points from the book, Jake, um, and it's just so amazing that you were able to write this this year, um, there's some headlines that came out recently. I just want to get your take on that because the media is not reporting almost anything that's remotely favorable uh, toward President Trump. If you go to the Media Research Center, 93 percent of the stories have been negative in the last three and a half years toward Trump. Ninety three percent. So is the Democrat media a factor? I mean, this shock poll that we that just came out, Trump uh, black support, 31 percent. They're not going to touch on that record recovery. A new headline I just saw this morning, GDP. Uh, 33% in third quarter, despite lockdowns, jobless claims drop better than expected. And the FBI actually opened a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden a year ago, but we didn't hear anything about that. And now we've got more evidence with the emails and Hunter Biden's corruption in that family. And they tried to impeach President Trump for three years based on something they couldn't prove. What are your thoughts on the Democrat media? It's interesting you call it that. I call it the activist Democrat media. Yep. You're absolutely interchangeable. Right. The days, the days and age, the day and age of, of so-called objective journalism is is pretty much gone. It, it really is. Uh, I've seen this in my career going way back. In fact, when Rush Limbaugh came on the radio, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Somebody that was giving an alternative narrative <laughs> was teaching about you know conservative Christian values like I wasn't hearing in the media. So I constantly, in teaching current issues and things related, had to be going all over the place to find sources of information. Look, it could be John Stossel of ABC News, 
who got fired from them and pushed out because of his exposing the, the liberal agenda. Uh, it could be uh, Bernard Goldberg who wrote the book Bias because he saw the profound bias with CBS News. We've seen this for many, many years, but it's gotten worse and worse and worse. I mean, even the owner of CNN News, remember when Veritas Project exposed their, their people were frustrated because he says our agenda is to try to find, to destroy uh, President Trump. So Mark Levin t- touches this in his book, Unfreedom of the Pre- Press, where mm-hmm. he deals with the lies and deception. There is no objectivity anymore. And thank God we, we can find the truth. We can, if we're disciplined and we're, we're discerning, we can get the truth out there. We have to do our homework. Yes. But look, the number one show just the other night was Tucker on Fox News, who was exposing what was happening with the corruption between Hunter Biden and the Biden family. And, of course, I forget the, the gentleman's name that was Hunter's uh, colleague. He was interviewing them. That show went through the roof because people are hungry for the truth. Yes, but and you're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to get it anywhere else. No, no, uh, you're, you're not. So OAN, uh, there's a few programs out there like yep. yours and OAN that you know the television program, but you're not going to get it out there anymore. No, uh, Jake, chapter four, you talk about the destruction, desecration of statues across America uh, and uh, of, in the world by Antifa, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Some of these statues are abolitionists. So is it too simple to say uh, people are being brought up to hate America? Because why would they destroy these statues if they really support Black Lives Matter? What's really behind this destruction? Okay. Once again, I'm stealing your words, too, because you talk about worldview war over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Worldview war, worldview values. Look, the left, the hardcore left's very nature goes back to Nimrod, goes back to man trying to, the Tower of Babel, goes back to man, man-centric worldview trying to dethrone God Almighty. And you'll, it could be Marxists who wanted to create an hombre nuevo, a new man, or the ubermensch, the superman of, Dost, uh, of, of uh, um, I just forgot, uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche. But here's my point. They want to, man is made in the Imago Dei, the image of God. This, the leftism wants to create man in the image of Marx or the image of man himself. And so what you're seeing within the culture is a rewriting of all the, the legacy and narratives of great men. Like in, in Madison right now, they want to take down the Abraham statue, Abraham Lincoln statue on Boscombe Hall, which is because uh, they say that he was a racist, etc. They attacked the, the 54th Regiment, which was an all-black regiment during the Civil War. These were black Americans who were dedicated to ending democratic systemic slavery. By the way, just for the record, systemic slavery does not, uh, systemic racism doesn't exist in America. But what did was systemic slavery, yes. systemic Jim Crow, systemic black codes. All those things were perpetuated by a political party platform known as the Democratic Party platform. And if you studied the Republican Party platform, it was the it was the platform to end slavery. The same thing today. People need to study the platforms of the political parties and see a, a profound difference between the two. But the, the, the whole statue chapter, and I'm speaking fast because I know time's coming to close to an end. <laughs> but the bottom line is is to dis- what's behind the destruction of the statues is the restructuring of American society. Remember, they laughed at President Trump when he said they're going to come after Jefferson and Madison and Washington when they were first going for the Confederate statues, and guess what they're going after? Washington and Madison and Jefferson. You're going to have to rename the city of Madison, Wisconsin. You're going to have to rename the city of Washington State or the state of Washington State or the capital, Washington, because they, they, they want perfection. And yet they they believe in their hearts of hearts, whites can never be perfected mm-hmm. or redeemed That's right. because they're by their very nature, by their very DNA, racist, which is a bunch of ho- poppycock. It's hooey. Yep. These are lies is what they are. Which brings us to a couple chapters in your book that you talk about the very important subject of the 1619 Project. In The New American, Selwyn Duke said the violence and rioting in many democratic areas are not an aberration or a mistake in the eyes of the left. They are an achievement. So now we have the 1619 Project, and you said something shocking before we got on the air, Jake. I'll let you tell the story of how many schools and how much this is already being taught across the country. Tell us about the 1619 Project. I'll tell you what, if I think about this too much, it really hurts my heart. As you know, I'm still teaching at an academy with these lovely, beautiful young people, and and you want to get 
Christ and the biblical worldview into their hearts and mm. minds before it's too late. Mm. But when you look at the, the 1619 Project, it came out through New York Times Magazine uh, August of, of uh, 2019, the, the so-called 400th anniversary, according to them now, 1619 Project. Her name is Nicole Hannah-Jones, who won a Pulitzer Prize, by the way, for her work. And in it, her, her premise is that America was predicated and founded upon slavery. By the way, she doesn't tell you that when those first slaves came here, they were actually enslaved by fellow African tribesmen, which I cover in my book. That's right. That's not politically correct. And what people don't know is how many uh, tens of millions of hundreds of millions of dollars is pumped into the curricula. They now have a 1619 curricula, along with Black Lives Matter at Schools curricula, along with Howard Zinn Project curriculum, right, wow. in over 4,500 4, classrooms. I am not making this wow. up. Now, here is something very interesting, because in the Soviet Union, you know, just like in Nazi Germany, they would lie and deny things from their past. They would expunge their past. They would they would cut and paste, and they would, they would say, oh, we never said this, or we never said that. So now what's happening, because historians, much smarter than myself, are exposing them. I do in my book, but we have great historians like Gordon Wood and Eric Foner and others who are saying – her, her, her story in 1619 Project is full of holes, full of misinformation, full of twisted history, full of simply the bad and ugly and ignoring the good. They even said the American Revolution of 1776 was predicated upon – it was its purpose was to advance slavery. That is not true. That's a lie. Since then, they have actually taken – off or expunged from their Twitter account and from their Facebook account and from any, they're saying, well, we really didn't mean those things. We really didn't say those things. They're lying. Black Lives Matter has gone into its website to get rid of a lot. They use the word comrades. They've taken it out of their website. They, they talked about attacking the cisgender male. Yep. They've taken it out of their website. Yep. They've talked about uh, ending what Western civilization, nuclear family. They've taken it out of their website. This is something that I, by the way, I made a point this summer of going into their website and taking pictures all over their websites to keep this, to preserve this as evidence to show that they're lying. They are lying about what they said in the past and they're lying today and they will lie to them tomorrow to be able to get their nefarious agenda across to our young people. And our young people are buying this. At my school, for example, they actually had a, a letter that was sent to us by an alum. It was signed by about 60 alum telling us we had to read numbers and numbers of these so-called uh, race, racial experts. 60% of them were Marxists like Ibrahim Kendi and many others, where I'm told I've got to read Marxist atheist claptrap at a, at a Christian Catholic school. Oh, my goodness. And this is, this is that Trojan horse of education that's in our schools now that's going to cause another generation of disinformation that's distorting the beauty of, of this republic under God. Wow. Dr. Jake Jacobs, I wish we had more time. We've got three more minutes left. And final question, do you have an obsession with the year 1776? I mean, you cover <laughs> so much about that year. Can you tell us why that's, well, obviously most of us understand why it's special to America, but you emphasize that quite a bit. Share your thoughts, please. G.K. Chesterton said that no nation in the history of the world was ever founded upon a creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when Abraham Lincoln said four score and seven years ago, do the math, 1863 minus 87, 1776. 1776, 4th mm. of July, was a great year yes. where internationally we proclaimed to the world that all men and women are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator, made in the image of God, and that's what drives us mm. as a great people. Three million Africans came to this nation to be free, to have social mobility, economic opportunities. This is not a racist nation. Amen. This is a wonderful nation, and I want people to recognize and understand that. I love 1776, 4th of July. Let's get out the fireworks uh, when we elect President Trump coming up here real soon. Amen. And I, with you, we are trying to get people on social media and in our sphere of influence to focus on policy, procedure, and the party platforms, not on personality and tweets and everything else. No man is perfect, and uh, President Trump is not perfect. Neither are we. So uh, vote your biblical values. Dr. Jake Jacobs, the book, it's Mob Rule. Where can people get it other than Amazon? 
Uh, that's it, Amazon. That's okay. We've got it right now. Great. We'll put that link up on our website. It's doing very well already. It's been out for almost a month. And we will also connect uh, people, give them the link to your Facebook page. You share a lot of history and your passion when you have time to do that on social media. Jake Jacobs, God bless you, brother. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Norton, Norton, love you there. Take care. All right. Thanks, thanks, Jake. All right. What an amazing that. I mean, we packed so much into this hour. I hope you guys will take the time to share this podcast because there are people that you know that need to hear about mob rule. They need to hear about what Dr. Jake Jacobs just shared with us and it's many of these topics. And we need to get the information out there. We need to get Christians who have not voted in a while. We need to bring them back into the game and let help them engage, get them, encourage them to get to the polls. And if you're in Wisconsin today, you can still vote early voting, but I don't think you can do it on Monday. Because of what the Emperor Evers might do, uh, I would really suggest, if you're in Wisconsin, to vote today, if at all possible. Early voting, I think, ends today, if I'm not mistaken. When we come back, some exciting guests to tell you about for next week, and plus the election, of course. But you're going to be amazed at our lineup for election week right here on Stand for the Truth. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, my new article and blog is out over at freedomproject.com. Trump will win if Christians vote policy over personality. It's quite lengthy. It's got a lot of bullet points there. Um, next week, we are blessed, so blessed to have um, a good lineup for you on election week. Gary Kaa will talk about globalism uh, and uh, what's going to happen in the country, a little speculation and what he sees happening. And, of course, hope for the world. Gary Kaa Monday, Tuesday, Election Day. Dr. Andy Woods is uh, going to be joining us. He does the Pastor's Point of View, a weekly worldview video. He also does a lot of interviews. We're blessed to have him on Tuesday, Election Day. That's going to be fun. Um, let's jump ahead to next Thursday. John Haller, he's going to be with us, Prophecy Update expert, and Scott Lively, former Antifa member in Portland decades ago. Scott Lively joins us on Friday, a busy week next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for sharing the podcast. Again, those of you listening online at StandUpForTheTruth.com, 33 states. I just can't get over that. This little ministry in Wisconsin based out of Green Bay, De Pere, and we, uh, we're reaching out across the country. We just praise God. He gets all the glory. And by the way, if you still would like to give financially to this ministry, you can go to q90fm.com and uh, you can donate, pledge your support. Thank you guys so much. Wow, what a crazy week. Next week, get ready. Get some rest before the election day. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>